More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. It is always, always an incredible honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on today, the day the Lord has made, and on Open Line Friday, 800-282-2882. We'd love to have you on the program. There is a spirit of tyranny, and it, it just it stalks the globe, and it exists today within the left, and it is frightening the way it is mimicking Uh, a a country held under complete tyranny, and and that is the country of China. And there's a lot of talk this week and past few days because the media, the Mockingbird media, and and I'm disappointed to say Geraldo Rivera joined in on this, completely mischaracterizing what Rush Limbaugh has said about the possibility of this nation becoming united again. And Rush's some almost four hours of commentary around this topic and in discussions with callers. It's difficult to understand how anyone can misunderstand what Rush said, unless the goal is to do that. And I think obviously with some, you know, hacks like uh, the basement dwellers at media matters, that's, that's not just the goal. That's the tactic. That's what they're paid uh, up to. I understand uh, seven cents per hour to do. It's a lot of money that they do in the basement dwelling. The left does not have any spirit of uniting. They live under a spirit of tyranny. You cannot, rational politics can be debated. We can debate tax rates. We can can do that. We can debate allies. To what degree should we support allies, if at all? These, These things can be debated. But if you look at even the policies of the left, Medicaid for all. That's all inclusive. They have decided you will have the government force you to use government health care. That's what they've decided. So there's no debate on that. You cannot debate the 
life or death of a baby, that, that's that's binary. There's a one or a zero. The baby lives or dies. And, and in the case of abortion, they weren't even happy getting the one buck per month or whatever it was with Obamacare where you had to, where they took your money and said, no, no, you're, you're going to support this with your money. They had to expand that into, well, if the baby's born but still has a toe inside the mother, well, then then we can kill the baby too. You can, there's no... There's there's no spectrum there. And I think this is by design. There will be speech codes for all. You will pretend a man is a woman. You will pretend all white people are racist. Or you'll be canceled. There's a thing in politics called wedge issues. And they're meant to divide a political base from either a party or from a candidate. The left is attempting to divide us from our children. They're attempting to divide us from our bodily autonomy. It's, it's, it's not enough that anybody who wants one can choose to take a vaccine. The left says, no, no, it's, it has to be compulsory. Everybody has to do it, everybody, for a flu with a 99.87% survival rate. My faith, I'm a Christian, my, my faith sometimes collides with my politics. I would like to unite. How? Where is the point where we can unite when everything the left marches out is designed to crush? This is is not designed for rational discussion. Rush Limbaugh speaks for Rush Limbaugh, period. That's it. And the media mischaracterizing what he said, including Geraldo Rivera, is it has to be purposeful. So, look, it's, it's rather odd given the fact that Rush speaks to an audience of 80 million people. But what Rush actually said was heard by us. And here's more from Rush Limbaugh himself. Now, I didn't advocate for it. I never would advocate for secession. I'm simply repeating what I have heard. Well, now that has gone viral, apparently. It has gone viral that I am advocating for secession. And I want to read something to you here from Frida Powers. She's writing at, uh, at BizPack Review. It's just a little paragraph. It's all on this that I just shared with you. She says, though Limbaugh clearly stated he thinks the nation's trending towards secession, was not advocating for it, but the left anyway jumped on his remarks to bash him from everything from sedition to treason. Talk of civil war found its way onto Twitter where the phrase was trending, mainly triggered by the ongoing election battle, but also many of the social media platforms accused Limbaugh of saying something he didn't. That is the key. I have been accused, and this is nothing new either, I've been accused of saying something I didn't say. In this case, I have not, did not, and would not advocate for secession. You people know what I'm about. How many times have I said it? The objective here is a gigantic army of informed voters who win elections, that we have to have political victory, that we have to beat them back politically at the ballot box. That's been my entire uh, reason for being here. And, And in the process, informing and educating people about what liberalism is and what communism is, what socialism is, so that they'll be properly informed to be able to reject it. 
which is crucially important right now because more and more people are signing on to it. More and more people think socialism is great. We just haven't tried it right, done the right people, had enough money uh, behind it and uh, and all of that. So if any of you have been caught up in all this, if you get in a Twitter war and this and that and the other thing, I simply referenced what I have seen other people say about how we are incompatible as currently divided and that secession is something that people are speculating about. I am not advocating it, have not advocated it, never have advocated it, and probably wouldn't. That's not 32 years. That's not the way I've decided to go about handling disagreements with people on the left. I just think they need to be beaten. They need to be defeated. How many times over and over they need to be defeated? And in more than one election. So anyway, that's that. I wanted to get that out of the way and clear it up for anybody who is um, under any kind of a misunderstanding. The misunderstanding, as Rush is is you kindly stating it, it's a purpose-driven misunderstanding. I, I want to just propose a comparison. That trended on Twitter. The, the word limba. Uh, the second I saw it, I said, okay, what is this? What is the attack? I clicked and I saw that it was a lie. I listened to the entire broadcast that day like you do. I want to propose a comparison. There were two politically oriented murders in our country this year. One of them happened on the streets of Portland. One of them happened in Denver. The same media who wants to pretend that Rush Limbaugh is advocating secession has done nothing to look into those murders on video in broad daylight. Well, actually, the Portland one was at night. Nothing. No interest. There are two domestic terror groups, one of them with a name designed to divide, Black Lives Matter, Inc., It is a morally objective fact that the lives of black human beings matter, like the lives of all human beings matter. It's a morally objective fact. They and Antifa are two domestic terror groups. And there has been no interest in the fact that they are violently pushing for civil war. They have burned American cities. They have asked for and gotten police officers killed. Antifa members have directly attempted to assassinate cops. There's a a paper from a a Rutgers University project called Network Enabled Anarchy that studies the recruiting methods of Antifa, this idea, as Joe Biden's dementia said, that their recruiting mimics Hamas and ISIS. Their tactics and the people they choose to con into joining Antifa, it's not a mistake that a lot of the people in Antifa are mentally ill or are are longtime repeat felons. There's no interest in that. There's no interest in the Democrats' election integrity project, which included the option of secession. If they didn't like the outcome. We had four states secede from the Constitution. The Constitution says the state legislators, the body of legislatures, legislators, will create the rules around elections. That's a specific body. The founders could have said, or a dude, 
They didn't say, or a dude. They were specific. The legislative body, that much, that closest to the people, will determine election rules. Not county commissions. Not the stroke of a pen of an apparently compromised Secretary of State in the state of Georgia doing a side deal with the Democrat National Committee, as I understand it. No. They said the legislature. Why? Because they wanted you to make the rules about elections. Otherwise, power seekers will build themselves elections. They never lose. Not everyone got this wrong about Rush. We're going to be joined when we come back by Free to Powers. BizPack Review. Somehow she got it right. Maybe she'll share this magic formula for journalism done accurately. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network, 800-282-2882. Yesterday and the day before, the media went nuts, completely mischaracterizing what Rush has said about the mood of the country and what other people see as a path to secession. And it's it's a purposeful thing. They know the power of EIB in 80 million people. So in my judgment, it's a purposeful thing. But when someone like Geraldo Rivera jumps in on this, and maybe he's just ill-prepared, I think we set up, I don't know for sure, but I think we set up a side phone number uh, for Geraldo to call and just leave a voicemail apology so he doesn't have to sully himself talking to a fill-in host. You, you wouldn't want to do that. I mean, that way we can play that on the air, Geraldo's apology. Not everyone got it wrong. And there are, there, are, there are still people who practice journalism. Uh, Frida Powers with BizPack Review joins us on the Rush Limbaugh program. Uh, Frida, welcome to Rush's show. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi. Hi, Todd. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. You got the story about what Rush discussed because it was a nuanced discussion. It was a lengthy discussion. And I heard in Rush's voice... A lot of concern and and um, and guided, you know, experience guided by wisdom, being very, very, very careful about how he discussed this. Um, the, the rest of the media got this wrong. Frida, what's the secret that you have? The secret method you have for not getting things wrong? Can you teach the the, the mockingbird media how to do this? <laughs> the secret, I think, the secret is eyes and ears. Is uh, it's probably just listening and not jumping on the first bus that pulls into the depot, because um, that's what it, it sort of felt like It uh, after a while yesterday when I thought everyone got on the bus and left, and I may have been at the wrong bus stop. Uh, <laughs> you know, I seem to have missed what everyone else was saying, and, it, you know, it kind of makes you think that you're on the wrong track, but it's not. If you're actually listening to what Rush said in, originally and you have the patience to listen to it from beginning to end, you know, the truth is there. There there are people who will say, oh, well, Rush Limbaugh says this or that. And look, I have a, I have a you know, much smaller version of that. I do a morning show at KTTH um, in Seattle. And there are people who've never heard a thing I've said. And they will immediately attach to me beliefs that I, I don't hold. But in the case of Rush being, you know, the most recognized name in broadcasting, and this is important to the discussion, everybody. To understand it's not just a kissing up to EIB or Rush. It's a fact that Rush holds an audience 12 to 16 times greater than any of the television shows that are hitting him. So let's just let's break this down with uh, with you um, about what Rush actually said. Did he advocate secession? No, not at all. And if you were 
bothering to listen to the conversation, you know, from the caller who called in and asked about the division in the country and how to kind of reconcile the country and what steps could be taken and, you know, uh, whether, uh, whether it was even possible. That's where the discussion came from, from what I you know, what I looked at, you know, writing at, at BizPAC Review for a few years, you know, that's the normal process anyway. This, the story is not always just this is what Rush said and then there's a headline. It's kind of like you want to know what was behind it, and that to me is what was behind it. And I realized when all of Twitter was having a meltdown over his, a civil war that he was advocating that there must have been something more to it. But really, the more you you go back and you look, you, you realize that that's, that's never what he said. You know, he never advocated, and he specifically said that he thought that the country was trending towards secession based on things that he had read and what he had heard others saying. So I don't know how you can mess that up. Frida Powers is with this BizPack review. So let me, let me point out some comparisons here. Uh, I, I, my radio show uh, emanates from Seattle, which is, as I've called it, the new confederacy. Let me explain. They refuse to enforce federal immigration law. They refuse to enforce federal drug laws. Um, they refuse to enforce law at all. Uh, they're literally decriminalizing crime. Literally. I'm not, I'm not making that up. And you have Portland taken over. Uh, by another autonomous zone. You have the releases of felons with the excuse of the flu. You have the election integrity project from the Democrats where they actually war-gamed. Hey, maybe we should just have the, the Western states sort of, sort of secede. You know journalism far better than I. Have you seen those aspects of society covered from a perspective of people actually taking steps that, that from a legal basis is sort of a precursor to secession? I haven't. Um, you know, I'm sh- I'm sure there are uh, stories that are out there. You know, just you know, for some groups who are doing that and uh, some who are advocating that. I mean, I wasn't hearing that. I think that that's probably what happened with uh, Russia's original comments too. It's that it didn't catch me off guard because I wasn't looking for uh, a screaming headline about that. I haven't seen that. Um, if that's what if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I just I look at proportionality. You know, I I look <laughs> I look at uh, a domestic terror group seizing parts of a city in Seattle, in New York, and in Portland now again, and they're saying we are seceding and we have guns and we're going to shoot at and try to kill cops. Right, right. But 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 Rush says something and we land here. We got about a minute left. Uh, Free to Powers BizPack review. What do you think? Just if you were to cap off this year in media. What do you think is the biggest selective bit of coverage that you've seen from the Mockingbird media? And I, I refer to them as a liberal media. We've got about 45 seconds left. Just what do you mean, the selective, what they're focused on? I, yeah, or, or what they don't focus on, what they didn't oh. focus on. <laughs> well, what they don't focus on is really just basically truth and, you know, just integrity in journalism. It's just absolutely destroyed uh, everything that we've been working to do. Uh, it, I think, like, the uh, the masks are off. Uh, there isn't uh, some kind of unbiased anything. It's just everybody is, is advocating for something, and everyone's been pushing for their own agenda. So I think that that's, that, in a nutshell, is what we've seen, you know, this, this yeah. year. Just Yeah, 
I, I agree. I, I'm a proponent of a thing called the propaganda of silence, where I think that the biggest tool that uh, that people who are you know uh, posing as journalists but are actually advocates and agitators use is, is silence. It's been great to have you, Frida Powers, BizPack Review, BizPackReview.com. Thank you for being a journalist, Frida. We appreciate you coming on Rush's show. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the one and only EIB Network. Thanks for having me on the EIB Network uh, for the years of support. If you want to leave of, of Rush, if you want to leave a note for Rush, do it at RushLimbaugh.com. Uh, a note of support as Rush takes a day to rest. We expect him back on Monday uh, to be here once again by the golden EIB microphone. Um, m- my faith sometimes collides with my politics. I want to bring people together, but the very notion of that is made impossible by a left who constructs every paradigm as one that debate is, in fact, warfare. For instance, notice this. They have taken what is a process. Science is a process. You create a thesis, and then you attempt to disprove the thesis. You want something that's observable, testable, falsifiable. If you falsify it, your, 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 your thesis is gone. They have erased all of that and simply made science a conclusion and a conclusion that is demonstrably wrong. Like, like Tony Fauci, the, the guardian of the year. Thank you for making me the guardian of the year. I've done a good job of guarding Washington, D.C. And really, I understand that my job was to wait until maybe we could get Joe Biden back and then we can start to have some sweet, sweet cash flow with China, fund that Wuhan lab again. He's been wrong on everything, and he knows he's wrong, but they will say Tony Fauci is science, a man who says masks work and they don't work. Actually, he's never said they work. He said they're the right thing. He knows they don't work for for blocking upper respiratory viruses like influenza. His own CDC knows that. But they will take Tony Fauci and they'll make him science, or they'll take Bill Nye, the mechanical engineering guy, and they'll say that's that's science. So Bill Nye plays with things um, and on, a, on a video and says, hey, this proves masks work. Well, except it doesn't because viruses are, are sub-microscopic. One-tenth of one micron. Opening in an N95 mask, three-tenths of a micron. Three-tenths of one micron. So even with science, they amalgamate it into this thing. Here's the conclusion. If you disagree that a piece of cloth stops what you are been, you're being told is the world's most deadly virus in history, well, then you're not just against this report. You are against science itself. And they do this with issues of what they determine to be justice. Right? The reason I created the construct of, of course, Black Lives Matter. That's why I will not back the violent Marxist-led domestic terror group called Black Lives Matter Incorporated that is getting black people killed. It's because the very design of that name was about dividing you. It was about shoving you. The second you see it, it's about shoving you. Their policies, all-inclusive, everybody's in. We've decided for you. Their quarantine measures, first time in history, quarantine the healthy. Well, that's not true because we did that during the Spanish flu 100 years ago. And by the way, it failed. 60 million people died. Progressivism, as it's called, is a Borg mentality. Resistance is futile. Oh, you're homeschooling your kids? Oh, we'll pass laws to make that possible. You can't do that. You don't get to do that. We don't like guns. You can't have any. We don't like meat. You will stop eating it. 
How can uniting happen? Who's pushing for the divorce? It's not Republicans who are beating Lady Liberty. Like an abusive spouse. It's it's not us. We are not burning cities down. We are not attempting to murder cops in organized fashion or at all. It's not us. There's plenty of things for us to be angry about. Plenty. Like unconstitutional votes, counseling out constitutional votes. We'll talk about that later in the show. In some detail, the Texas suit and the response to it. Bernie in Anchorage, Alaska, home to part my mom's family. Alaska, we are Alaska bred. It's great to have you on the show, Bernie. Welcome to Russia's show. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. I'm calling because before Rush blindly leads us down the path of succession, C-session, um, I would suggest that we adhere to a philosophy articulated by Rush, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. And that was... A philosophy of incrementalism. It's a philosophy successfully uh, practiced by the progressives. Now we know the Chinese government also. But if we take small steps, whether it's protecting the family or health insurance or saving babies, take small steps. And maybe in 50 or 60 years, we'll be, we will accomplish what the progressives have accomplished in this country. Rush was recently... He's throwing his hands in the air, I think. He can't understand why we tolerate riots and destruction of property and harm to people. Well, it's because of this incrementalism that the progressives have succeeded with. What are your thoughts, Todd? Uh, Well, I would disagree that Russia is leading anybody down a path to secession. I don't think that's what you meant to say. But you're exactly right about incrementalism. And, And here's the way the incrementalism works. Like, oh, we want a public option. Well, you have one. There's Medicare and Medicaid. There are public options. Well, we want more of it. Well, you do. You have welfare. That's also an option. Yeah, but we want a a bigger public option. And then it's, oh, well, we want the private sector to go away. The incrementalism is language-like. Look, look, I talk a lot about this because I feel it's so unbelievably destructive to society and because I know that their incrementalism is pushing this. Years ago, it was, hey, some people don't identify as a man or a woman. Okay, so adults make that decision. I don't think any of us care. Now it's 13-year-old kids can will get cross-sex hormones without parental permission. And if you don't like that, oh, by the way, we're going to put those clinics in the school, charge your insurance company, and then not tell you that your kid's on this or on um, you know, very serious antidepressants. Because we, the expert class, as David Brooks has called himself, he says he's the expert class. He's the fake conservative at the New York Times. We'll talk about that, too. They've, they've, they go from just the seed of an idea that's always sold us is for the children or it's for the poor, and then they push it. And the, the, the you know, violence you talk about in the streets, I, I think that Rush is, you know, from what I've heard, and I don't want to speak for Rush because he does that. Here's what I've heard, that it is an astonishing thing to watch mayors and city councils and governors like Kate Brown in Oregon, like Gavin Newsom, um, in California, like Andy Cuomo in New York, like JNZ in Washington State, literally allow these things to happen. And I think that sometimes I stand with awe. I do. I stand with awe. Have you ever seen these these white little oh, – see, i got to be careful with my language. Um, let's say it this way. Uh, knuckle-daggering, basement-dwelling, thumb-sucking people made sad by bitterness – 
and jealousy, living in basements and begging mom and dad for, uh, for you know, sugar breakfast cereal at the age of 32. Those people, white kids in adult bodies going to black cops. Folks, have you seen this? These Antifa types going to black cops and saying things like, you've got the biggest nose I've ever seen. Do your lips fit through the door with you? The most vile, disgusting racism you'll ever hear. And these police officers stand with pride and patience. And they stand with their brothers and sisters who are black cops and white cops and Asian cops and Hispanic cops and people who'd rather not talk about their race cops. And they don't crack skulls. They don't draw a nightstick. Where I come from, you know, I'm, 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 I'm one-third to, to maybe more redneck. Where I come from, that's a sign. You say that to somebody, that's a sign. You put a sign in your face that says, smack me here about 16 times. And I'm one part Christian saying, turn the other cheek. But they're pushing it to such a degree that they want that cop to overreact. The left wants that incendiary moment where they will cause the violence and then step back and say, they started it. And the media this week is trying to pretend that a man who has his three hours of every day of his life, five days a week recorded, is the one leading this, this secession, couldn't be further from the truth. It's always been about ideas. It's always been about ideas with this program. We'll come back on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in on the EIB Network. Hi, I'm Todd. Last name Herman. Get to fill in for Rush Limbaugh today. I want to thank uh, proud Rush affiliate News Radio 590 KQNT in Spokane for letting me use your studios today. There is on um, YouTube, if you don't know the history of YouTube, I think it's important to understand it, uh, that it was founded by a guy named uh, Chad Hurley. Great timing, perfect timing. They ran it just right. Um, I think the lead investor back in the day was a guy named Roloff Boltha, one of the big Silicon Valley venture capital firms. They kept very little money in the bank so that they were this not a target for suits because they knew they were going to have... You know, people putting up videos they didn't own, music videos and film videos. It was built to be sued. It was built to be huge, but to have no money, no target for a lawsuit. Google acquires it for about five or six billion dollars. And it was the notion of, oh, you're the media now. That site purchased by Google has announced they will now delete history. They will debate, they will delete debates about election 2020. They will debate anyone questioning the one in fork or quadrillion chance that Joe Biden caught up in four states in a matter of four hours with vote counts coming in 94% his way, empowered by unconstitutionally provisioned diktats in these states that were the signatures of one person or of county election boards or of governors, not as the Constitution proscribes, frankly and plainly, the legislatures of those states. YouTube, owned by Google, 
will erase and delete questions about the historical transfer of power. The same YouTube that has announced they have given the World Health Organization ownership over their health care videos. An organization funded by an activist, Bill Gates, connected to the U.N. with an anti-Western point of view. Now, it's a good thing that this doesn't look anything like China at all, right? That's, that's, that's really comforting, isn't it? They'll keep the Russia hoax videos up because that's the official state position. So, once again, with the left, it's not just that you can debate these things. We will disappear the very debate, we will disappear the controversy. You can't think that. Listen, if future generations can't watch the history, they can't think thoughts. George Orwell wrote about the control of language. You can remove the very ideas we hold dear. You can remove the idea of love if you remove the word. You still have the feeling, but you can't articulate it. It it dumbs us down to caveman states of ideas. Good, bad, science, not science. That's where the left wants people. They don't want gradation. They want degradation of ideas. They want a dumbing down of the American populace. They want the disappearing of bad things, as they see it. Let's talk to Lori in Mauston, Wisconsin. Lori, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Lori. Hi. Oh, um, I'm Rush and President Trump have given us our voices back of freedom, freedom of speech. And to your point of political correctness, this this was so sad because that was the start of it. Our, the teachers in the school indoctrinating of our children. And we, to me, um, have seen socialism during Obama's years. When um, you can have your health care, we got lied about that. Shovel-ready jobs. Oops, I'm sorry. They're not so shovel-ready after all. I mean, the lies, the Bushes, the 9-11. Um, and always thinking that the two parties working one against the other when, in fact, they're in bed with each other. It was you, really sad. Um, you you, you, you describe feels- a return of our voice, Lori. You describe this. And I want to return a thought to you. You speak of political correctness. Lori, have you ever heard the phrase selective tolerance? Do you know what it is? Um, selective. It was selective well, tolerance. Been- yeah. Go, go ahead. I want to tell you this because I agree with you that Rush has given us our voice and amplified our voice for 32 years. And President Trump has returned the voice of people who have not been forgotten. They're being erased by the David Brookses of the world, the fake conservative New York Times. There was a leftist named Herbert Marcuse. He developed a system called selective tolerance, and he taught it to a generation of professors who are now running colleges and running teaching schools. Selective tolerance is this, Laurie. We will be tolerant of only those things that tear the United States apart. 
we will be selectively intolerant. So political correctness is one phrase for a recipe created by a guy long ago, Herbert Marcuse, who said, let's pretend to be tolerant. And yet, this program, any liberal can call. I've never seen Donald Trump want to ban an idea, ever, or to ban speech. So I appreciate you saying that, Lori. I appreciate you talking about the return of your voice. And thank you for calling Rush's show. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. And next hour, you got to hear what fake conservative David Brooks has said. He has invented a class of his own. And he wants you to know that his class of people is going to be reaching out to us to, to, to soothe us and to pat us on the head and let us know that his class, they're going to pay more attention to us because we've been hurting for attention. Part of his class, I'll tell you what he says next hour, what, he, what he's named his class. Part of his class runs uh, Seattle, from which my radio show emanates. We talked about selective tolerance. Herbert Marcuse, left leftist organizer, taught that taught people to be tolerant of only the things that tear down the United States of America, like like the family. Right, the same Seattle Public Health, so called, that told people, "Don't you dare hug your grandma, even if she's a sixty-five year old CrossFit champion with not a comorbid factor in sight, you'll kill her. Don't you dare get together and eat Thanksgiving dinner." With more than five and a half people. Now they've said, hey, if you're dating, swiping left, swiping right, having some sex, cut a hole in a shower curtain and have what's called a, uh, God forgive me, a glory hole. That's that, that's their recommendation. The special people. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh, the EIB Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is just an absolute pleasure and an honor and to sit in for Rush. And every time I've gotten to do it, I, I still just can't believe it. It is still just a thing of marvel to me. I'll leave this building today. Normally do my show out of Seattle at KTTH. Today I'm in uh, in Spokane at uh, News Radio 590 KQNT's Let Me Use Your Studios. I will leave this building and it will still be a dream. Did that just happen? And it's it's on a day as all days are that the Lord has made and I I've, I've been I've been praying I've been praying that that a spirit of truth would fall upon this country. The the spirit of truth in, in fact because we're living through an era of just great disinformation and great attempts to break us, break the country, but to break us, to break our will, to break our belief in ourself and our capabilities and our intelligence and our specialness to God, our irreplaceability, because you're not replaceable. You're not. None of you are. And you're loved. You are. And your tasks in life are important. They are. You may be, depending on where you're at in the country right now, making breakfast for a loved one who's ill. That's important. You might be in a car working hearing this. You might be listening later on podcast after a hard day looking for work. You matter. Your tasks matter. Your, your, your contribution to our greater society matters. And your intelligence matters. And your discernment matters. And our group discernment matters. There is a dynamic in the left that's attempting to divide us that is explained in a book that used to be a big deal in technology circles, uh, The Cathedral versus the Bazaar. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. The Bazaar is that everybody goes in and buys and trades and shops and it's an open-air market and that's where you get great inventions and the cathedral is a few small blessed people decide everything for everybody. That's one way to express it. Another way is the way Russia's expressed it all these years is that the left does not seek discussion or agreement. They seek control over us completely. They must be defeated. We could talk about it this way. We could talk about Walter Williams, um, God rest him, who had said that freedom is not the natural state of things, that, that there is a, a, an attempt to put people back under their control. The cathedral. David Brooks is a fake conservative at the New York Times. Fake conservative David Brooks wants us to know it's, it's not our fault that we're stupid rubes. 
And he wants us to rest assured that he and his fellow greats in what he calls the expert class will be reaching out to us more often. Well, I think the, the core problem is not the Internet. A lot of people that go, it's the Internet, it's the Internet. But look at how much more Republicans are affected by conspiracy theories than Democrats. Uh, so it can't just be the Internet. There must be some demand. And I think there are two core problems here. One is a lot of people in the expert class um, live in blue cities who are thriving. And then a lot of people left behind in the rural parts of America, they feel threatened economically, culturally, socially, and they have no contact with the expert class. So the thing to do, one, we, we those of us in the expert class or in journalism uh, and academia, have to do a better job of reaching out and, and post-Trump establishing relationships, showing some respect. Oh, I'm, I'm relieved. Hey, Dave, come out to Hauser, Idaho with me. I'll take you, well, no, you can buy since you're the expert. You, you can buy us lunch. And I'll introduce you to some of these rubes that are not experts. And they can ask you some questions, Dave. Like I heard the other night during lunch, or pardon me, dinner with people, not in the expert class, Dave, who said things like, why do, why does the CDC continue to use a 40-cycle PCR test when Fauci himself has admitted that you cannot even culture a virus from a 40-cycle PCR test, that it's returning 90 to 100% false positives? One of my dinner mates said, hey, I heard about that. I also heard that they tested water with a PCR test for the COVID, and it came back that water had the COVID. And they said things like, yeah, and then I just, I'm asking this, like, with a 99.87% survival rate, why doesn't Fauci come out and say, hey, you don't have to rush out to get the vaccine. If you're not in a, a vulnerable class, you are 99.87% likely to recover from this, 95 to 98% likely to never know you had the COVID flu. Why does this? And this was a conversation, us, just us rubes, just kicking around some ideas, just us rubes. We were also saying things like this, David Brooks, expert class person maybe maybe you didn't hear this but there were those who are saying why is why are these four states five states inventing new rules for elections saying that the covid flu is so dangerous people can't vote in person we need to mail everybody in the world a ballot even people have been dead for 17 years because it's so dangerous to vote in person and you know look i mean it's not like they're rioting I mean, if you're going to riot and burn things down, then that's perfectly safe, David. That might be why people are not developing conspiracy theories, but they're developing truth theories, Dave. I'll talk with you any day. I know more about SARS-CoV-2 than you'll ever learn, Dave. Doesn't make me an expert. It means that I observe the patterns of pre-COVID science. Lockdowns don't work. Masks are ineffective. Do not quarantine the sick. CDC and WHO papers on this. Don't use a test that returns false positives. Use the setting in the PCR test that allows you to identify only live virus, as was determined by a Nobel Prize nominee in Italy, an actual scientist. Maybe don't push a vaccine at this point. Maybe hold one back that Michael Yeadon, the former VP of research for Pfizer, says can sterilize women because it goes after the spike proteins. Oh, David Brooks, am I, am I, am I expert enough for you, this rube? That's the most revealing comment yet 
the expert class or journalism or journalism or academia. Academia, like the one that is telling us that this country was founded in 1619 as a racist colony, that that was the whole founding of America, like that academia, like the academias, academia and academics who told us that the preeminent example of what they call fake news was that Trump was elected not selected by Vlad Putin. Is that the sort of expert class we're seeking, Dave? Jake Tapper, clearly a member of the expert class. Clearly. Well, I mean, David Brooks has said expert class or or journalists or academia. He's called the Texas case asking the Supreme Court to decide, are we still following the Constitution? He's stunned. He calls it garbage, insane, and seditious. Okay, I'll play. Listen, I know I'm not an expert class member like like Jake Tapper or fake conservative Dave Brooks. Pardon me, David. You have to have the... How do the, uh, the fancy people call it? They call those syllables? Syllables. No, 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 no. I got it. Syllables. Syllables. <laughs> Syllables. David Brooks, not Dave. That's what us rubes are called. Dave or Rob, not Robert. Jake. Do you want to get pulled over by a cop and have the officer say to you, I am seizing your car? And you, Jake Tapper, member of the expert class, would say, hey, A, you're not a member of the expert class, and B, on what grounds? And the cop says, you're disenfranchising other drivers. And he takes your car. Because the Constitution says it doesn't ask, it doesn't recommend, it doesn't suggest. It says state legislative bodies Make the voting rules for federal office. The governor of Georgia is not the legislature. He's one man. Now, albeit an expert class. But wait. Weren't the founders expert class? Oh, sorry. Wait, some of them are farmers. I apologize. Anyone can spit in the ground and grow a wheat field. Mike Bloomberg said so. The Constitution says the people as represented by the legislature, will make the voting rules. Why? Because better the people do it than one person. Because that one person expert class will make themselves president for life or governor for life with brand new voting rules. But that's what the expert class wants. Remember, among the things recommended by the expert class was experts vetting presidential candidates before you get to vote for them. The expert class is recommending re-education camps for you because you had the wrong thing to say, I prefer a non-politician as president of the United States. And the expert class is telling you The Constitution and asking that elections be constitutional is insane and seditious.
So Dave Brooks, pardon me, David, come out to Hauser, Idaho. You and I, we'll go have dinner with a bunch of us rubes, and, and you can you can lecture us. We'll even pay a per diem, Dave. Oh, that's a fancy word. You can look it up. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And you can leave Rush a note at RushLimbaugh.com. You can also subscribe uh, to the Limbaugh Letter and Rush 24-7. i got to renew. I keep forgetting to go renew my subscription. It hasn't, it hasn't run out yet, but I need to do that. I give it to myself on Christmas. It is always, always have Rush with you. Always. We're talking about the expert class. Just um, quickly some things that the expert class has expertly succeeded in expertly causing during their expertise um, with a flu that, that uh, a, and we'll talk about this later, that the journalists of the year have predicted that, uh, that coronavirus would turn out to be basically a normal flu. We'll talk about later in the year, which the journalists of the year who did that, when we talk about Time Magazine's guardian of the year, Dr. Fauci. Suicides are up 25%. Expertise, don't you know? Overdoses are up 50 to 100% because of the expert class. Violent crime, well, it depends on where you live. In, in Seattle, uh, what was it? The current number is up 30%. Uh, homicides at record levels. I know that very similar in, uh, in cities like Minneapolis. Heart attacks. Cardiomyopathy up 300%. Missed cancer screenings at 50%. Missed chemo treatment up 50%. There's about 120,000 deaths that are unexplained, except they can be explained. They're lockdown deaths. My friend Justin Hart at Rational Ground is a data expert and tracks this stuff. Rational Ground. You can go there and be rational. But, but David Brooks will let you know, look, those are experts that have, that have drived that. that they've made, imagine if there weren't experts involved. How bad things would be without their expertise. It's chilling to think without their expertise. We might have just said, if you're sick, stay home. If you're old and ill, be careful. If you're young, go back to work. Wash your hands and such. And use the 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 the, uh, the inner elbow of your arm. What is that? The uh, the bend of your arm to cover your sneezes. Not your hands. What are you doing with your hands in your face and the snot and such? Don't do that. But we have the experts locking down economies, generational wealth theft. But it's an expert theft. So at least we know that we could be patted upon the head by the David Brookses and Jake Tappers of the world. The expert class, folks, guys, Tapper, Brooks. Log, your eye, specs, ours, that's all I'm going to say. One of the expert classes, of course, are politicians like Cynthia Johnson. Jody from Homer, Georgia, would like to address some things. Cynthia Johnson said, Jody, welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great, Cynthia. Um, I'm glad you called. Okay. Um, I am calling in reference to uh, Cynthia Johnson in Michigan regarding her domestic terroristic threats towards Trump supporters. Um, She needs to be held accountable and, in my opinion, be arrested. There needs to be an outcry of the American people that uh, that we're not going to allow this kind of rhetoric to continue from our elected officials because it doesn't just resonate in their state. It resonates all over the United States of America. And I have already called um, Cornyn's office, Ted Cruz's office, the FBI, um, and I just wanted to contact uh, Rush Limbaugh's show so that the audience can be aware of what she has said 
and that they can have their voices heard, too, by contacting their elected officials and, like I did, even the FBI, because these are domestic terroristic threats toward Trump supporters. She said that we are to walk lightly and to watch our back, and she was calling on the military. And she also called for her black, brown brothers and sisters. She said, you know what I mean. She, she was calling on them to, uh, to take down uh, the white threat. This kind of rhetoric is dangerous, and it needs to be stopped. Would, would you maybe consider this secessionist rhetoric? Um, I, I believe it's terroristic. Right. I, I, I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm wondering, since the media this week was pretending that Rush was 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 um, was sponsoring secession uh, of states, which he was not, most pointedly was not. We went through that right. last hour. Um, do, do you think that this sort of talk is secessionist? Um, no, I don't. Okay. I think this is just this is just typical of, of the left. Uh, they um, they thwart their authority and fear. And I think it's time that we said we've had enough, that we're not going to tolerate this kind of rhetoric, that it's dangerous. And we see what's been happening with the Black Lives Matter and Antifa movement. Right. Because, the, the, of, because of their rhetoric. They geez. need to be held accountable. They accuse us of, of being terrorists. They are the true terrorists. We're not the ones going around threatening people's lives. She's threatening the lives of Trump supporters. That right there in itself, she should be arrested. If you've not seen removed from office. If you've not seen the video, if you've not seen the video uh, to which Jody's referring, and we'll, we'll try to get this audio for you. Cynthia Johnson films herself up close, and you know she's serious because she takes off her woke mask. It's around her neck. Uh, and she's in a gray suit, and and she's looking really deadly serious into the camera. And she does say things like, you need to walk carefully. You need to walk lightly. You need to be careful. And it's very – and I take it to be very menacing. And then she says and, – and those of you who are soldiers, you, you know what to do. I think she says, do it right. Do it right. Uh, this comes on the heels of it being done right. Well, I mean, if your goal is violence, there have been two citizens of our country murdered in political murders, in one in Denver, one in Portland, because of their political position in, 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 in the judgment of just about everybody who watched these, definitely in Portland, definitely in Portland, Antifa in Portland. And yet... I see no calls. To, to Jody, to your point, I see no calls for her to resign. We, we have a congressman who was, maybe he won't confirm it, but importantly, he will not deny it. Maybe sleeping with the Chinese, a spy for the Chinese Communist Party, who incidentally bundled cash for his campaign and incidentally apparently helped seed people into congressional offices. And now, oh, is he going to get off the Intelligence Committee? Oh, well, maybe so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not in Congress anymore. It's the, the selective outrage. It's almost a cliche to say, but I'll see if we can get this audio for you. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe there's uh, some nuance that we've missed in Cynthia Johnson's statement. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. 
RushLimbaugh.com is where you can leave a special note of support for Rush. I've heard him talk about how meaningful our notes are to him. So I hope you get an opportunity to do that. Okay. I want to get to just the astonishing degree of stamina that our president has displayed as he has been. And I want to make sure I phrase this the right way. As you have been never treated more disloyally by so-called important members of the GOP. And I'm, I'm going to talk about A.G. Barr in a second here. And I have been a pretty big defender of A.G. Barr. And his knowledge of a certain investigation into a laptop of a certain person who's said to have a certain meth problem. Before that, I want you to hear, we just talked to Lori in Georgia. I want you to hear... What Cynthia Johnson, who's a Democratic state rep, said in this video filmed right up close to her face. And I think she looks in the video like she's like maybe trying to trying to uh, to scare people a little bit. That's just me. I don't know her. But here's what she said. So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. I love y'all. Maybe she meant it in a nice way. Maybe she meant that in a nice way. There are, in American cities, on multiple nights, there are members, well, members, there are adherents to, clamors on to, people who adore, follow, embrace, deify, the Black Lives Matter Incorporated Domestic Terror Group and their partners in Antifa who go through to this day. I I know there's a rumor that they have disappeared post-election and to most, in most ways, Black Lives Matter Incorporated has. Well, with their $1.3 billion that they have spent, let me do the math. Doing math live radio is hard. Hold on. Carry the one, zero, on helping black people. Zero. They've, they've, they've absconded with those dollars. Um, to this day in American neighborhoods, they go through neighborhoods and they chant, fire, fire, gentrifier, fire, fire, get the fire. These are the same people who attempted to burn cops alive in a trailer in Seattle after they tried to lock them in with quick-drying cement. Oh, you didn't hear about that? So when Cynthia Johnson says things like that, and she is a, quote, lawmaker, I don't, maybe I missed the part where David Brooks kicks her out of the um, expert class. Maybe I missed the part where Jake Tapper says that's seditious. Which he's called a court case. A court case. 
a, a, a request that the Supreme Court say to Wisconsin and Michigan and Georgia and Pennsylvania, y'all have to follow the Constitution. Or I guess you could effectively secede by announcing yourselves as non-adherents to the Constitution of the United States of America. We don't adhere. It'd be one step past sanctuary state saying, actually, we refuse to to cooperate with with, um, federal immigration authorities. And then going to the next level. Oh, we actually won't let you come in our courtrooms. And then going to the next level. We we actually won't let you come in our jails. Then going to the next level, like this guy, um, the so-called county prosecutor in King County, which is the county in which Seattle sits, a a guy who is known universally as, as heroin Dan Satterberg says, I will not prosecute illegal immigrants with with DUIs because it's unfair. Or you could go further with states who've said, yeah, that person did commit a murder, but they snuck into the country. Therefore, they're a special special class of people. You could do that. I wait to see Cynthia Johnson kicked out of the expert class. I wait to see Jeb Bush who has thanked John Cornyn. John Cornyn has come out and said, how dare the state of Texas say, wait a minute, unconstitutional votes in Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, unconstitutional votes dilute the value of constitutional votes in Texas. How dare they? challenge other states' abilities to secede from aspects of the Constitution. John Cornyn, oh, he hates the lawsuit. He's from Texas, don't you know? Jeb Bush is from Texas. and Oh, thank you, John Cornyn. Thank you. Thank you for standing up. It's a court case. They're filed every day. It's a question for the Supreme Court. And to me, the question is pretty simple. Do we do these states have to adhere to the Constitution or do they get to secede? But just to what is it? Articles two and three, just just to those is they get to secede from that. Next, they can secede from the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and the Fourth and the Fifth and the Tenth, et cetera, ad nauseum. I guess states can't secede from the Tenth, but you understand my meaning. Secession by progressivism, secession by incrementalism. States. No, we're not following that part of the Constitution. And the disloyalty is to us. William Barr, Bill Barr knew. He knew about the Hunter Biden investigation for months. Now, I want to extend some grace to Bill Barr to say perhaps his, his, his principles are, look, I don't want to politicize this. Bill. It was already in the public sphere. Bill, the Democrats politicized a lie that the president was owned by Russia. They politicized it for four years. They politicized the lie that the president's voters were Russian tools, unable to know the truth. Bill, 
that knowledge about the Hunter Biden investigation was lied about by Jack Dorsey. The so-called, well, he is the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. Nope, it's disinformation. We will not avail people of it. Facebook decreased reaches about the stories. They called it protection, protecting the 2020 election. They meant protecting the results. Bill, it was already politicized. Bill, the second oldest newspaper in the country, was blocked from distributing that through these publishers, and they're not platforms. And you knew? When there is an attempt to meddle in this election by Jack Dorsey, by Mark Zuckerberg, by the Mockingbird Media, by CNN meddling by pretending, I don't even know if Joe Biden has a kid named Hunter. Oh, wait, I thought his name was was Hank Biden. And you don't come forward with the truth? Bill, is your principle not to inform the American people that the guy who the media pretended 15 seconds after they got results they like, pretended he was president-elect, might be compromised by our actual number one geopolitical flow, the Chinese Communist Party? Maybe we should know that, Bill Barr? But now he's telling us. Thanks, Bill. Get to more of your phone calls. It is Open Line Friday. Let's start firing through your calls to Rush Limbaugh's show. It's Todd Herman in for Rush on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. I don't know that we have um, gotten the voicemail yet from Geraldo Rivera for uh, his apology for buying into the uh, disinformation about Rush. Uh, we'll check on that. Also, no word yet on if um, the leader of the expert class, David Brooks, will be coming to Idaho to um, to anoint us. Well, not anoint us, but to rub us on our cute, fuzzy little heads and uh, let us know that the expert class, they're paying attention and reaching out. Let's talk to Luis. I'm coming, Georgia. Luis, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Welcome, Luis. How you doing? So, a little bit doing great. Me, Born and raised in New York, been down here in Georgia now 15 years, and I'm Puerto Rican. And uh, first and foremost, I'm an American first, but you get sick and tired of these political activists and leaders that want to use us brown people for their political ploys. And my kids are half white, and I'm expected to send them to re-education camps. Well, I just get just getting sick and tired of it, man. It's just ridiculous already. You know, it's just unnecessary, and, and you know, I've been a Republican now for quite some time. But it's a lot more people like myself have been opening their eyes up to the left, and we all know what's really going on. And it's, 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 uh, it's clear that the results of the election were in our favor and were taken away from us because there's no way where we're going to be gaining seats and lose a presidential election. The, yeah, the math doesn't work uh, at all. And, no. and I, would, I, I want to ask you just a series of questions because I'm filled with questions. Number one. Honestly, how do you feel about the phrase black and brown people? I don't like it. I don't like it because we're all from somewhere. I mean, you're either, you know, Italian, Irish, German. I mean, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, for example. Um, we all come from somewhere. We're just not white, black, and brown. And and now and I, I agree. I find it I find it to be the least common or the, the lowest common denominator. It's, you know, it is a 
a hue, right? Hued people. I'm much more interested in who you are than who you are. And let me ask you this. Like, coming from New York, where there's um, a pretty robust Puerto Rican community, to Georgia, uh, honestly, have you experienced racism in Georgia as someone that the left would call a brown man? Not racism, but prejudice when I first came down here. And it was basically because of the sound of my voice. Mm. Uh, when I first came down here, I had a job calling people in North Georgia counties, and they didn't want me in their house to do service because I had a Yankee accent. They didn't know <laughs> that I was but that didn't bother me you know it didn't bother me at all because i had to understand why they felt that way and i learned and after you know talking with these folks and you know next thing you know they're giving me the keys to their houses and telling me to make a sandwich (laughs) on you know from the refrigerator So. Oh, oh my goodness! That's—I mean—that's not a slow clap. That's a—that's—that's that's an American clap. I love what you just said, man. I love that. Uh, so your kids, you know, they're—you've—we're uh, trying. I'm trying, Luis, not to use the nomenclature of the left and, and black and brown people. And I don't go. Well, maybe that makes your kids tan. I don't know. It's—it's it's silly. Um, did they ask you, or do they ever say, Dad? Um, should we have like color-based alliance, us kids, or, or how do they feel about statements like "Black Lives Matter" or "Black and Brown People Must Think This Way"? Honestly, how do they feel? Okay, well, my daughter's six years old, so I have not introduced her to that Good. yet. Um, everyone <laughs> is a child. Uh, we're all children of of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's Good. what she understands. Now, my two Good. boys are a little older, eighteen and fifteen. My eighteen-year-old sees through the crap that's being told and wants to leave New York, but my 15-year-old is kind of still lagging behind. So he doesn't understand the differences of what's going on versus what, you know, what what's being told on the TV versus what's really going on. But he was one of those kids, despite that, that did not leave the classroom when everyone was protesting the guns uh, a year or so back. They Both my sons were in uh, school. They sat in. They didn't go out and protest, and they were making fun of them when the kids and the, and the teachers got back. You, you, listen, Luis, what your kids did by not joining the group is so vitally important. I've been really scared by how many people have given into masks. My view, you want to wear them, that's fine. Please understand mm-hmm. that they they clinically don't work. Like, like and I I'm obsessed with with COVID and the details about that. I've been terrified about that. I've also been terrified by how many people um, simply have now decided that well we have no choice but to remain locked down and and your kids to have that courage at that age when peer pressure and peer adoration is everything for those kids. Man, I'm proud of them. Um, Luis, this is a great phone call, uh, and and I I, um, I want to thank you for the honesty about your experience in Georgia and the way the story ends, and it's just really great to have you in the audience. Thank you, Luis, for calling Russia's show. One last thing before you go. Sure. Yeah. So I tease my daughter now. Whenever she cries, I tell her, don't, don't be crying like a Democrat, and she tells me, I'm not a Democrat, Oh, that's in my, in my brief radio career – you have made me clap for maybe the fourth time I've ever just broken out in spontaneous applause. That's really cool, Luis. Hey, um, go with God's good grace. Peace of the Lord passes all understanding. Be amongst you and your family. Thank you for calling Rush's show, Luis. Just an absolute pleasure. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the one and only EIB Network.
get to many more of your calls as we roll through Open Line Friday on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman doing my best job. Uh, I can't fill in for Rush. Oh, it's such an amazing honor. We just talked to Luis in, um, in Georgia. And Luis, uh, Puerto Rican, moved from New York to Georgia and was explaining he does not like being called a black and brown person. And, and he does not like being told by Joe Biden and others that you ain't Puerto Rican if you don't vote for me, et cetera. Uh, and raising his kids uh, to understand that they don't own anybody, their allegiance, because they happen to be from Puerto Rico, right? I mean, the country, the United States, you know, obviously the allegiance there and his allegiance to his faith. I um, interviewed a woman from Issaquah, Washington, whose husband is a police officer. And she was surprised because her husband has been very active at their school. They have young kids. Very active at their school, taking his time to, to visit with the kids, etc. And her kids came home to emails from their school district in Issaquah, Washington, saying that cops murder black and brown people because they like to. And her kids happen to be part black, part white. And they're looking at their father, who is a black cop and a Marine. And they worry about him when he leaves the house in the Seattle area. And she was saying to the school district, really? The same man you know. You're now calling a murderer? And the white supremacist, a black man? That's the sickness of the left dividing this nation on purpose. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is such an honor to fill in for Rush. <clears throat> Every time I've been allowed to do it and invited in to do it, I want to thank Ali and Mike and Greg and James and Craig and Rush himself and you uh, for letting me do this on uh, Rush's program. Uh, today, as I'm fond of saying, is the day the Lord has made. And I believe that our founding documents in the United States were, I, I, I contend that they were divinely inspired. And we can talk through that. You've heard Rush, of course, every year uh, favor us with the true story of Thanksgiving and, and the true story of, of this country. And you can also read for yourself the recognition that became the American experiment, the American exceptionalism. American is not ex- America is not exceptional because of the size of the continent uh, or our placement um, in terms of the hemispheric placement. The American exceptionalism is that men with women, but men who had an opportunity to create their kingdom didn't. They didn't. They took great care to recognize something that had never been recognized in the history of countries. That there are rights that human beings have because we were created by God the Creator. We have these rights by virtue of the fact that God cared enough for us to make us not automatons. We are not robots. Like God, who in my judgment, and I contend, is pro-freedom and consequently then pro-responsibility. Sure, you can make those decisions and you will pay the price. Likewise, in our Constitution and Bill of Rights, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. They were wordsmiths. They were careful with words. They understood the power of words. They signed their own death warrants with the Declaration of Independence. They understood that by signing that document, they were saying to the king, we have conveniently provided you our own death warrants. They prescribed systems that made it hard for people to become monarchs or kings. They described systems Checks and balances, they're called, to make it difficult for people to game the system in their favor. They were very prescriptive in that regard. They wanted to make sure that our conscience, that which is in our mind, I consider our conscience to be a bridge between our soul and our beings, our conscience, our most valuable possession is our conscience. 
I don't think we possess our souls. I don't think it's ours. I think our conscience is. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, our ability to guard the defense of our conscience with firearms, the same ones that the government had at the time. In voting, do you think that people who signed their own death warrant when they signed the Declaration of Independence, do you think that they understood the importance of not allowing a monarchy to rise again, of not giving a powerful person the ability to create rules under which that person would always be reelected? Do you think that men who studied the world's geopolitical systems, all of them, didn't, in fact, think through the steps someone would take to advantage themselves in elections to such a degree that they could never again lose office. When they designed the Constitution and designed for federal offices, these people who had great regard for the power of the people, hence the Tenth Amendment, those powers not given directly to the federal government reside with the people or the state, they chose some powers for the federal government. A few of them, but they chose them. Amongst those powers were the ability to decree, design, and prescribe the process for having election rules in the various states for federal offices. Those men who loved words, who studied them, who understood their power, who were afraid of having a monarchy rise again, who never wanted power concentrated designed rules and they said in the states the body of the state legislators they will make the rules for elections they will the largest body that proportionally represents the most people explain that a governor of a state represents all the people so in a state of seven million people it is one to seven million in a legislative body it can be one to a thousand You're much more likely to meet your state rep in a grocery store than ever meeting your governor, just just statistically speaking. The founders said the state houses, the legislatures, shall determine the election rules. This isn't complicated in the states of Texas's case against Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and uh, Georgia. You can make it complicated if that makes you happy or if that serves your purposes. Is the governor of Georgia, is he the state legislature? That's actually a yes or no question. He is not. Is he one man? Yes. If he's allowed to make election rules with the stroke of a pen, can he make himself governor forever? Yes. Likewise, is the secretary of state of Georgia... Is he the state legislature? He is not. Could he create methods if he can sign side agreements with the Democrat National Committee in what's called a consent degree, and that may be a sue-and-settle thing. That's a neat little technique power seekers use. Hey, I'll sue you, and then you'll say, hey, I can't defend this in court, so let's reach a side agreement. Is the Democrat National Committee, are they the legislature of Georgia? No, they're not nor is the Secretary of State, and yet they made a side agreement that changed the rules of elections. Are county boards of elections 
in Philadelphia, are they the state legislature? No. Is the governor of Philadelphia? No. Is the Supreme Court? No. And it's the state of Pennsylvania, they violated their own state constitution. They violated the federal constitution's parameters on how elections are created. Or, pardon me, um, how they are administered. So, Jeb Bush is still rage-tweeting today. In, to the degree that Jeb Bush can rage-tweet, which is sort of like a block of Velveeta cheese being really passionate about something. You've seen that when a block of Velveeta cheese just shakes with indignation. So Jeb, the Velveeta cheese of politics, has him or his staff rage-tweeting about the Texas lawsuit. It's ridiculous. They couldn't even get the Solicitor General to represent it. They're going to turn to maybe Ted Cruz. Yes, there are people who have been in, in, they have been installed into the Republican Party or ground down or diluted down, or they're so very, 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 very happy to be invited to the Jeb Bush Christmas party. Pardon me, Jeb. I didn't mean to offend you. Holiday party. That they will say, look, we can't challenge the election results. This is crazy. That's exactly what the left will count on. We can't challenge our system. We're not. Texas is saying, do we have a system? Do we actually have laws? Because if county election boards and state secretaries of state and governors can change election laws, why not a county clerk? Why not an assistant county clerk who works weekends, Sundays, noon through four? Why not a temp employee brought in, I don't know, from some temp firm who brings people in from China? That Well, I, I have an ID to get into the building. I can change the election rules. Why not? 24 states oppose the Texas lawsuit. 17 states approve it. Last count, all of 106 Republicans can see clear to going to the Supreme Court to say, do we still follow the constitutional rules? They're not guidelines. This, the, the legislatures shall not might can think about maybe one day would consider So when people are telling you, like the Velveeta cheese of the world of politics, Jeb Bush, and by the way, people like Velveeta cheese, I get it, because with chili and hot sauce, mm, heart attack in a bowl, it's delicious, if you microwave it. To people who want to tell you that this is frivolous, was it frivolous? When the people who signed the Declaration of Independence understood they were signing their death warrant. Was that an act of frivolity? You brave members of the expert class. We'll come back on the Rush Limbaugh program with your phone calls and open line Friday, 800-282-2882. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh, the EAB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. 
This right now, this moment is the time of day that most home burglaries take place. And it's not late at night like you'd see in the movies or TV shows. It's in the middle of the day when the bad guys think that you've left your home unprotected and it's fair game. Rush would tell you that's where Simply Safe comes through for you. There's every reason to secure your home and make your family that much safer. And you can do it now. You can actually have a home security system where it used to not be affordable. This is Simply Safe Home Security. You know, there's always going to be a time when you're extra concerned that your home is properly secured, whether it's when you leave for work in the morning or leave your place vacant for the days that you're away vacationing or what have you. Simply Safe's system gives you that peace of mind. There's an effective deterrent standing in the way of every burglar once you install this system. It's really cool because it doesn't use wires. That takes so much complexity out of it, takes a lot of the expense out of it. The system installs quickly, less than an hour. It operates efficiently. Uses Wi-Fi for all of the various sensors to communicate with the base station, not wires. Now, you can expand it as you wish. You can add sensors wherever you want without running a single wire. All you have to do is put the sensor where you want it. You go online to simplysafeusa.com. You choose the components that you want. They pre-test and configure them. They send them to you. You put them where you want them in the house. You do it in less than an hour. You are up and running. If you want 24-7 monitoring, meaning there's a break-in, the cops get called, $14.99 a month, not 50 and there's no long-term contract to sign. See it again at simplysafeusa.com. You get a free HD camera with your purchase. It's a big deal. Simplysafeusa.com. Thank you, Rush. And, of course, thank you for supporting the sponsors of the Rush Rumba program all these years. Let's talk to John in Topic, Arizona. You're on the Rush Rumba program. John, thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. Welcome to Rush's show. It's Todd Herman filling in. Yeah, it's Topak, Arizona. Topak! Um, I wanted to make a point. I apologize. Uh, no problem. I wanted to make a point that the GOP has not been paying attention to what's been going on here in Arizona the last few years. After McCain died, we ended up with McSally running against Cinema. She lost, so we got Cinema in there as a Democrat. And then Kyle or uh, Flake steps down. They stick Kyle in there, and then Kyle decides he doesn't want to hang out. So then they we end up with McSally against Kelly, and then Kelly ends up getting in there as a Democrat. And we lost two seats in this state in the last what three years or so to Democrats, and we wouldn't even be talking about Georgia. The GOP just paid attention. So what the heck was going on here in Arizona and down in Maricopa County with all the shenanigans? And then what? Juicy, you know, turning around and certifying the election without even yeah. hearing what Giuliani had to say. Yeah, I saw that Ducey, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be the head of the um, um, pseudo-Republican Governors Association. Um, now, let me ask you this. What is going on there? Uh, I think there's a lot of shenanigans that's been going on in, in Maricopa County for a while. You know, they really targeted Maricopa during the Obama administration when you had Ohio down there, you know, keeping all the illegals out and such. And uh, when Jan Brewer ended up stepping out, it just seemed like the party started to kind of go rhino on everybody. And, you know, it just seems like there's been a lot of shenanigans going down down the Tucson, Maricopa County area. By shenanigans, Um, you mean fraud? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Giuliani could s- was saying there's almost 300,000, you know, questionable votes in this state, and yet they certify the election with, you know, less than 10,000 votes. 
and didn't bother to even listen to what he had to say. Meanwhile, we got two Democrats as senators from this state, and I can't even—I I just can't believe it. There I'm is just not a, buying it. Let's put it there that way. is um, a thing that the Democrats started years ago. Um, John called, they did it, it was called the Colorado Experiment, and it was about turning red states blue. And they spent somewhere around 13 million bucks or something, um, and it was very sophisticated. And what they did is they looked at, they they look at these things as, um, as almost Maoist insurrections, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. They do, they look at, they look at college campuses as, as Maoist villages, and we own those, so how can we then take those and own the city councils? And, and how can we then take those city councils and radicalize them to such a degree that they become pressure groups for people who are even moderate in thought and create that pressure, that momentum, that sense that, that oh, the left owns this and is winning this. And then they, in a very militaristic way, I'm not saying violently, but in a militaristic way, they expand from those. So I say this for other red states. I say this for um, for Idaho in regard to Boise and Montana in regard to in regard to I think Bozeman and maybe I'm wrong on Bozeman but this contain them do this don't give them things they like don't give them high speed rail scams don't give them light rail scams on your college campuses demand demand that you have ideological equality on college campuses. Make it an argument about equality. Make it costly for them if they can't demonstrate that they have conservative professors on campus 50-50. They'll say it's a chill on economic freedom. You'll say, no, it's a return to economic freedom. Do not give them the slightest foot in the door on saying, hey, we're going to welcome people who take drugs to our community. That's what these cities do. They create these, oh, it, we're going to stop We're going to stop criminalizing drug use. We're going to stop doing that because it's the humane thing to do. We're going to get into restoration you know, uh, programs with people who commit crimes. And understand, I need redemption every day. If sometime someone's a first offender, good gracious, yes, yes. Yes, try to keep them out of the system, but that's not what it's about. It's about creating an environment that imports people who want to vote for leftist policies. Defend your states. Demand the GOP make a battleground out of these college cities because that's what the left is doing. And pay attention to this stuff. Don't cede your cities to the left. Don't give in like the GOP in Washington State did, the GOP in Portland did. Well, it's just Portland. Give them the city. They can't get the rest of the state. They can if they own your major city. They can get the rest of the state. They control the spending, the population centers. You must, GOP, I'm looking at you, Doug Ducey, as I understand, I think I got it right, is now the head of the titular Republican, pseudo-Republican Governors Association. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the GOP in whole. There was a great election. It was a red wave, and it was Trump's. Period. It was the Trump wave. Now, to your point about vote fraud. Anomalies within anomalies within anomalies. The president won more votes. Incumbents don't lose in that way. We can go down the list. All his losses came in these key states, all of whom changed the rules, all of whom broke with the Constitution, and and they happened in a 
four-hour period in the middle of the night after the counting had stopped. That's an anomaly within an anomaly within an anomaly. That's the one in four quadrillion chances. Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Thank you again for having me. Those curious, I do a morning show that emanates from Seattle at KTTH.com. There's a podcast available there. Well, it's a radio show, but that's that's the website. Um, on Twitter, a complaint about the music here. Off-topic, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas music isn't being played. Missing Rush's Christmas music. Uh, we'll just make this very clear. That starts next week. That's when then when Rush's Christmas music will start next week, and we're anticipating Rush's return to the Golden EIB microphone, the actual and only Golden EIB microphone on Monday. i got to get to the Guardian of the Year from Time Magazine. They've invented some new classes for the expert class to, to honor, and I'll tell you who the Guardian of the Year is in just a second. Let's talk to Sean in um, coming Georgia. Sean, you're on the Russian Bob program. Todd Herman filling in. I'm glad you called, Sean. Thanks for waiting. Hey, Todd, thanks. I've been watching the hearings in Georgia and Michigan and other states for way too long this last week, and there are so many or there are so many significant anomalies. And, and maybe they've been there to a lesser extent prior elections, but this time it seems they're just way, way more prevalent. Can I give a couple quick examples from the hearings? Please do. Yes, please do. Okay, Susie Voyles, a poll manager in Fulton County with over 20 years of experience, testified that she was working on the audit process at Table 136, and she saw hundreds of mail-in ballots that were perfect, mail-in ballots, perfect, no fold, they would have been folded if they were mailed out, and a batch of over 100 of them that had the exact same image for the Biden vote. She noticed the little tail on, like, the side of the oval that you circle in, and it was ballot after ballot after ballot that had it. It was copied over and over on pristine paper. And one even showed signs of, like, the copy machine top was raised during the copy, she said. She told the manager they didn't seem to care. She informed the Georgia Secretary of State, has not heard anything back. And then there was a gentleman named David Cross. He testified that he noticed there were these large ballot transport bags with thousands of ballots that were mandated to be secured. But they were missing the locks. Many were missing the chain of custody records. He told the higher-ups at the counting center and was immediately kicked out and labeled a troublemaker. And the media to take some pictures, and they showed them during the hearing. The, the pictures are there. These votes yeah. need to be tossed out. They're tainted. They're tainted votes. This is the this is what people must understand because you'll have uh, people from the left or people who are following the Jeb Bush school of don't you dare question the system. That's that's just, yes. just not fair. That's that's not done. It's it's just not done. Is yeah. when the, when Georgia says we've counted the votes again. We did three recounts. Here's a funny thing. If, if, if someone if, if you if you recount the same tainted votes, what's what difference are you going to get? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We don't need widespread fraud, targeted fraud in just a few counties could totally swing the election. Right. There's an analysis that I'm just wild about because it matches up with, with what I've seen. I, I I come from a background of working with engineers and data and at one point started and then and sold a big data company. And I've got friends who are big time. I mean, serious for real data analysts. And I've watched I've watched um, Patrick Byrne, the founder and CEO of Overstock.com, his interviews in, in the media and uh-huh. his video he did about observing algorithmic fraud. I've watched I've read this piece from Woody Jenkins at Central City News. Um, and, and Woody, in your state, takes the feed of votes and analyzes them and said, hey, how is it that in a raw data feed, there's blocks of 1,200 votes for Biden? So you have, you know, it, 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 it's it, it, to me, that's an algorithm. Raw data doesn't present itself that way. That's not what happens. 
And in in Pennsylvania, it was blocks of 2000 votes for Biden inserted from time to time. That would match directly up with what you're saying about piles of ballots that appear to be Xerox copies. So for the secretary of state of Georgia, understand this. We watched. You are absolutely doing everything you would do if you didn't want us to see. We watched. You don't want us to see. So there's also there is motive, opportunity. Then there's attempts to hide. So I agree with you. I am very, very concerned about that. Sean, that's a great call. Thanks for calling Russia's show. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Time Magazine. In speaking of the expert class, David Brooks, the, the fake conservative, the New York Times has appointed, has created a new class of people called the expert class. So he's created the class, therefore he runs it, and he's, he's suggested that it's him and journalists or academics or people who are doing well in blue cities. And they want you to know, David Brooks wants you to know that, that they're going to reach out more to you because you are being taken in by conspiracy theories. Time Magazine has taken Dr. Tony Fauci and made him the guardian of the year. Conspiracy theories. Let me, let me present some to you. Tony Fauci said this. You know, in the middle of a pandemic, wearing masks does not provide the sort of protection people think it does. It, it, in fact, it may, it, it, may lead, it may lead to some harm. Weeks later, Tony Fauci. I wear a mask because it's it's the right thing to do. It shows it shows people that this is the right thing to do. Tony Fauci at a ball game with the mask off. Tony Fauci knows and has said, and I I have played the audio on my own program about the PCR tests that contend to show that you have the COVID. They don't. They are 90% false positives because they're running too many cycles. I can geek on this all day. Let me make it super, super clear. They're taking images of viral RNA, and they're blowing it up by one trillion times. This is very much like if you are a fastidious cleaner of your house, you clean it every day. If I came in and took a microscope under your fridge, I could say, you're filthy. Look at you. Look at you. More completely, they're finding leftover remnants of some viral code that may have come from a flu. It may have come from the flu, uh, from the flu or cold. It may not be the COVID. 90% of the time, it's not. Tony Fauci said, you know, with, with PCR cycles at a threshold of above 35, you, you, you know, you, you can't culture a virus from that. So it's not, I mean, you can't even culture a virus. You can't determine whether people have a live virus. He knows. He knows. Two members of his team wrote a very widely received, widely acclaimed paper saying in the midst of a um, upper respiratory, respiratory virus like the COVID flu, don't lock down. He knows that. He knows the survivability rate is, is, is 99.87%. Anytime he wanted to, he could come out and say, you know, this panic that, that people need to understand that most of the people who are dying from, this, uh, from, from, from COVID would have died this year anyway. Most of the people were that sick. So let's, let's, let's have some reasonableness in how we deal with this. He won't. He's not a guardian of anything but him. Well... And the expert class. 
Time Magazine hates us. <laughs> Tony Fauci's our guardian. David Brooks is the head of the expert class. Let's talk to CeCe in Hell, Michigan. CeCe, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, CeCe. Hi, Todd. You- CeCe, I recognize your voice. We, we have talked before. Good to have you back, CeCe, yes, and thank I you for the compliment. Many, yes. It was many months ago that I called just at the beginning of my journey here. And since then, um, we have taken... Our Obama pictures off the wall. I voted for Trump. I don't know if I, I told you if I had already gone to the rally up in Freeland, Michigan, and just so so many lives. I went to a great Women for Trump bonfire, and I spoke, and they put me up on Facebook and talking about everything, hashtag walk away, all that. So what I wanted to talk about today was uh, the hypocrisy of the mask. And which you, you're already telling this, I already know that the tests are a bunch of baloney and they're using it for something else. I'm not exactly sure, but I know a friend of mine in California thinks it's to be gathering DNA. I've also seen that there's COVID on the test swabs. And I've also seen recently that there's a little microchip on the swab that they're shoving up into your nasal cavity. And I want to know why are kids are being abused. I see little kids in the store on their mother's hip like babies with masks on. And these people think they're doing something to protect their kids. And at school, we can't go because we have a pre-existing condition, which we can't wear a mask. We were just thrown out of a store the other day because uh, I guess us wearing, um, not wearing a mask and wearing our Trump uh, gear (laughs) made people cry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. To that guy earlier. My daughter has a hat that says he's a fifth grader. It says Trump 2020, make liberals cry again. And I don't know. <laughs> somebody ran away and cried. Right. I saw this on the local news. There's a little ultraviolet robot now that goes into the lion dugout and cleans it out from all the viruses. It kills all the viruses. <sighs> Why can't we do that for our schools? Let, let, let me why tell not? you, CeCe, uh, well, why? Because they want the schools closed. Um, I don't, I've not, and I don't believe um, that there's microchips on the, on, this, on the tip of the 18-foot Q-tip they shove up your beak um, right next to your brain. Um, I, I will tell you this. I stay grounded in facts in this stuff, but you said something vital. Why the masks? I want to address that when I come back. Let's remember it was CC from Hell, Michigan, and CC is now with us. I do remember the phone call, CC. You weren't quite there yet. You're here now. God bless you. Welcome. We're so proud to have you on the team, CC. So proud to have you as part of our family fully and completely. So uh, based on what you said about why the mask, I want to address that when we come back, inspired by the newest member of our team, CC from Hell, Michigan. God bless you. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. I wanted to address what CeCe, who's a new member of the conservative family, uh, Hell, Michigan, brought up, which is why masks. And I want to address something that CeCe pointed to, because a lot of people are concerned about this, that, that okay, uh, with these long Q-tips that shove up your beak to test for COVID, um, is there a microchip or is there COVID on the tip of that? I operate in the realm of facts. So I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I would say this to people. The folks who'll say, well, how could people think that? Well, wait a minute. There's 100 years of history about masks, face coverings, and illnesses like this. Let me give you a quote. 
Using a mask to filter out a virus is like using chicken wire to filter out dust. Where'd that come from? Came from PBS. A special they ran about the Spanish flu in 1918. Where face coverings were compulsory, where you could be shot dead by a sheriff for breaking quarantine. 60 million people died from that. It killed young people, not old people. Well, it killed old people, but it also killed young people. COVID doesn't do that. When people can access information like that and say, wait a minute, why are they making people wear masks? When a Danish mask study is done diligently through the scientific method, a group of people wore masks, a group of people did not. It was 6,000 or so in total. It's awaited for six months. No academic journal would publish it. Because they said, oh, uh, we don't like the results. Not that we don't like the methodology. We don't like the results. The results show masks made no difference. There's another study, academic, peer-reviewed. Two groups of Marines, in total about 4,000 people. One group of Marines was, was made to lock down, to have their meals plated, to go through fanatical cleansing of their surroundings. The other group didn't have to do any of those things. They were monitored by their commanding officers. You will do this. They, they voluntarily signed up, but they, they, they participated. The group that did not lock down, the group that did not wear masks, got less COVID than the group that did. People have access to this information. And so they will begin to say, wait a minute. If you're lying to us about masks and you're forgetting to tell us when you say people died from COVID, you mean with COVID. When you're forgetting to tell us that you count COVID deaths far differently than you ever counted flu deaths, you change the rules. If you count COVID deaths like you count flu deaths, you're talking about 67,000 total people have died from or with COVID according to the rules of the flu. People will say, what else are you lying about? You're not acting in a trustworthy way at all. Why masks? Well, because they're embarrassed and they like the result. People are ignoring their own common sense and putting something on their face that they really know doesn't work, but they're doing what their expert class tells them. Let's get to uh, Marshall in Tallahassee, Florida. Marshall, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Welcome to the show, Marshall. Hey, Todd. Non-mask ordering dittos, prayers to Rush. Uh, this is for Jeb Bush and all the establishment Republicans who seem to be peeling off and not backing us up during this election fight. I, Marshall, organized ground volunteers for Jeb's brother in 2000 in Tallahassee, Florida. When their lawyers were hauled 24 hours from the airport on shifts, that was yep. us. When we when 4 a.m., when they needed people to stand in line for a, to, to keep places for attorneys at the courthouse, that was us. It was mm. the establishment. I was a libertarian, nationalist, populist. We all came together for the party, and we stuck together, and we fought like hell for his brother. And for him now to abandon ship and stab us in the back – it doesn't feel very good, and we will remember. 
I hope you heard that, Jeb Bush. That was Marshall in Tallahassee, Florida, straight to Jeb Bush. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's been just an utter pleasure and honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh today. Todd Herman, KTTH in Seattle, and just thanks to the whole team AIB. I may not speak with you. In fact, I hope I don't on Rush's show uh, prior to Christmas because we want Rush back where Rush belongs. I'll just say this about uh, the Christmas miracle as I see it. What a strange way uh, for God to uh, create faith in himself that you you became a baby of a teenage mother not yet married in a town decried as nothing good comes from there you you made yourself weak you trusted us some of us treated you well some of us did not but you did this for us truly interesting time to see the christmas star again that we haven't seen forever god is in charge and he put us here for a reason at this time. Thank you for having me. It's Todd Herman for Rush Limbaugh. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.